Hi, I'm Sue Alvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 38. There's a few things I'd like to talk about today, including is unschooling just living life, or is there more to it than that? Well, so is unschooling a good preparation for tertiary learning? I'd just like to talk a little bit about my daughter Charlotte's experiences. And thirdly, I want to talk about siblings, and especially how siblings can learn from each other and yet share their talents. But firstly, I think I'll start with, is unschooling just living life? At the beginning of the week, I thought that we had a, an empty week stretching ahead of us. You know, five whole days to do whatever we wanted to do in, apart from Tuesday morning, which is always our piano morning. And I like weeks like that where we don't have anything on the calendar and we can just get up and pursue our projects, do lots of things together and individually, time to do whatever we want. I get a bit hassled when we have to keep going into town for various things. But the week hasn't turned out how I expected. Each day I've had to go out. We've had a couple of medical appointments. I've had to walk up to the village post office a number of times this week to post things that just have to be posted straight away. There's things that I've had to buy. Yeah, unexpected things have happened this week, and I found myself up and down the road to the village or in the car to town and really I've just yearned to stay home and to do things yeah with the girls at home especially as I found some wonderful new resources I went browsing on the internet and I came across a few videos which I'm sure they really enjoy but we need some time to sit at home and watch them and we haven't actually done that this week. A couple of days ago Gemma Rose and I were walking back from the village after doing some errands And I remarked to her that it's just as well that she doesn't go to school because we wouldn't have time for school. It's just as well that my children don't do structured homeschooling either because we haven't got time for that either. Life would be getting in the way of school. Now That doesn't really worry me because I believe that kids learn from every event that happens in life. We don't have to have an empty week and plan things for our children to do. All the unexpected things that happen in our week actually teach our children a lot. So is unschooling just about living life? Just getting up every day and seeing what the day offers and learning from it. I really think that depends on what sort of life we're leading. Yes, there's always something we can learn from from what's happening around us or the crises we have, all the little unexpected happenings, even just staying home and getting on with the household chores, we can learn things from them. But I think sometimes that life does get too quiet. And I can see times when the girls need a little bit more excitement, they're looking around and they, yes, they want to be tempted with greater learning experiences. And so do I sometimes, I get up and I just feel a bit in a rut and ordinary everyday life isn't enough. My my mind wants more. And I think at these times, uh, strewing, that's what we could be doing. Enriching our children's and our own lives by looking for the 
other experiences, resources like oh, things that we could be watching, things, books that we could be reading, games to play together, places we can go, thoughts that we can share and have good discussions about. All that type of thing can put a spark back into life. But of course, there are times in our lives where we don't need to strew. Life is exciting on its own, and sometimes it is too exciting. And sometimes we don't want the excitement at all. And I'm thinking of times where we might have a crisis within the family or in our immediate environment. And I'm thinking of things like the bushfire that was on our doorstep a couple of years ago. I think it was October two years ago. We had an enormous bushfire that was burning out of control in our local area. It started just a few kilometers down the road and it spread over hectares and hectares of bushland. And it, yeah, lapped the bush at the end of our road. We had firefighters in our street fighting the bushfire and we were on alert for evacuation for a couple of weeks. I think it took quite a few weeks for that fire to come under control and to be put out. But I guess that it was about two weeks where we were in immediate danger and keeping our eye on bushfire reports and we couldn't actually think of anything else but bushfires. And there certainly was no time for thinking about anything else. We didn't go leave our home in case the bush we, we had to evacuate and take all our things with us. We couldn't really go into town in case we couldn't get back to rescue the pets and our clothes and other things that we needed. So we stayed home for all that time. But while we were at home, it was difficult to turn our minds to things like or ordinary things like books that we were reading together, videos that we were watching. I spent all that two weeks with my head in the computer, keeping my eye on the news, the, the latest news of the bushfires. And in the middle of this crisis, I talked to my girls about how life had changed and how we weren't doing a lot together. And uh, the discussions we were having just showed me that they were learning an awful lot from the bushfire itself. We had lots of discussions about bushfire safety, about what the regeneration of the bush that would occur when the bushfire was put out, safety within our own home. They talked to firefighters on the street. We had helicopters overhead. All these things encouraged discussion and research. And yes, we learned an awful lot about um, fire during that uh, month. We didn't learn an awful lot about anything else, but we ended up having a lot of things for me to record in their homeschool records book, even though officially we didn't really think much about unschooling. I didn't do any strewing. I didn't go looking for things to tempt my girls. Well, it was all on our doorstep. I didn't need to. Life was just too exciting as it was. So in those sort of periods of time, I don't think that we need worry at all about education. Unschooling is just living our life. Another time I can think of when we had a similar crisis was when our son Thomas died. And in that time, I couldn't think of anything outside my own little sphere of grief. I wrote about both these situations, the bushfire and the grief, in a blog post, which I published maybe a couple of years ago, probably when the bushfire was burning. And I wrote, for when Thomas died, I wrote, I couldn't think about homeschooling when my heart was breaking. I didn't even try to. For three months, I concentrated on nothing more than my grief. 
My children played many, many computer games during that time. Well, it was more like one computer game was played many, many times. Our computer resources were rather limited in those days. Even today, if I hear the music belonging to that game, I feel tearful. It brings back some painful memories. When my children had to give up their computer seat to an impatiently waiting sibling, they read and played and amused themselves for weeks and weeks. My children did whatever they wanted without any direction from me. I didn't read to them or take them to the library. We didn't go on any educational type outings. I didn't share anything with them. Or did I? I actually shared one of life's biggest lessons, the loss of a loved one. They learned all about death and suffering and later joy and healing. They learned what life's all about. They never could have learnt that lesson from a book. It's something just like a bushfire. You wouldn't want to ask for it as a learning experience. But sometimes we don't have a choice. Things happen. And because they do, we all learn. So it seems to me that there is no reason to worry about homeschooling during a crisis. Just go with the flow and use that crisis as a learning experience. Yes, life is different. We might want to do more with our children than we can. We may yearn for ordinary days, learning together in our usual way. But learning, that will still happen. I think the same thing also happens when we have babies in the family. Newborn babies, and we really haven't got the resources, the time or the energy to do things that we normally would do, our normal routine. But children learn so much from having a baby in the family. And babies grow very quickly, too quickly, and soon they're toddlers and we can then go back to what we would normally be doing. Or Yeah, life just changes. There's a season for everything and it all evens out in the end. Now, I said earlier that I found some new resources that I want to stew in front of my girls. And they're all videos. Well, I started off at a website called Open Learn. It's described as the home of free learning from the Open University. I think it's a British website. I found my way there because I googled the story of mathematics, which is a four-part video series or a DVD series. I saw it on a Quick Flicks. We have a subscription to Quick Flicks which is direct streaming and DVDs, which they pop in the post and send out to you. And the story of mathematics was on there, but there was a long waiting list for the DVDs. So I just Googled the story of mathematics watch online to see if I could find it online, and I did. I found it on a site called Daily Motion. We've watched only watched the first part so far. It's presented by Professor Marcus Ju Sautoy. I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce his name, but... We enjoyed the first episode very much. It generated a lot of discussion over the dinner table. And we're going to follow up some of the things that uh, Marcus was talking about in that episode. He, The first episode was talking very much about the Babylonians, the Egyptians, the Greeks, their contribution to maths. I also got onto the Open Learn site through that Google search for that DVD series. And they have some additional information about each of the episodes. 
And once I got onto Open Learn, I started clicking here and there and everywhere, and I came across some other really interesting things, including another couple of maths video series that Marcus Jusautoy has done. The first one's called The Code, and I think that's three episodes in that. And the other one is The Music of the Primes. And both these are available on YouTube. And I haven't watched them, but I've put the links in my unplanning Evernote notebook. And I thought they might be worth watching with the girls, or at least having a look at, because I have found that interesting maths videos are in short supply. I mean, there's loads and loads of maths videos, but most of them are presented in the way that they would be in school, how to do division, how to do calculus, how to do algebra, and they're just someone explaining all the steps. But the really interesting real-life stuff, there aren't so many videos. So I was really excited when I came across those three series, and I'm hoping that all of them are suitable for the girls and are interesting and capture their imagination. But while I was on the Open Learn website, I started clicking on some of the other subjects and one in particular, the science one. And I came across two other series, and the first one is called Catching History's Criminals, The Forensics Story. And the other one, a BBC documentary, Pain, Pus, and Poison, The Search for Modern Medicine. I just ran those titles past my girls, and their eyes lit up, and they said, oh, wow, that does sound exciting. Again, I don't know if they're suitable for the age group of my children, and I don't know if they will really be interesting, but they're a starting point, and we're going to have a look at those. And I'm going to put some links to all those video series in the program notes, and they're all available online. I guess it does depend on what country you're in. We can access all those here in Australia, so I hope you can as well. I really think that Gemma Rose is looking forward to doing some things at home, sitting down and watching some videos with me, getting back into some reading. She's still very much the age that she wants to do a lot of things with me. Although she goes off and does learning by herself and she can occupy herself all day if she has to, she really does enjoy doing things with me and the other girls. And I really think I have to make more effort to do what she needs at the moment. It can be a temptation because the other girls are very involved in their passions and I have a lot of things to do as well. We could all sit side by side all day and continue our learning individually, gathering at various points in the day to discuss and tell each other what we've been doing and or to just shout out and ask for a little bit of help. Could you come over here and help me with this, Sophie? I'm stuck on this template or whatever. But I think Jim Rose needs more than that. I think that, yes, at age 11, she really does enjoy curling up with a book with me and she likes to do things like read to me still. We're working our way still through Little House of the Prairie books. We've got all the various series, the Laura series, of course, the Martha, the Caroline we're reading the Martha series at the moment, which I think is the first ones in the series. They're set in Scotland. And I can't remember who Martha is. Is she the great-great-grandmother of Laura? I'm not quite sure. We started off with Laura. We haven't actually read all the Laura books. We went backwards, and we've made our way back to Martha. Now we need to go forward again, I think, from Laura to Laura's daughter. 
But yes, we've been reading those for over a year now together, sitting side by side on the sofa, and Gemma Rose has read them all to me, and she has enjoyed that experience immensely. And she could read all those books to herself, no problem. She reads all her library books, things that are far more complicated than that, to herself. But it's the fact that she's reading to me, that we're sharing the stories and we're laughing together, we're discussing them. She's in the reading seat. She gets to turn up reading to me. These are things that she enjoys doing. I think that Gemma Rose is still very open to ideas. She hasn't really found her great passions, her one or two things that she w wants to do, like Sophie and her photography and her coding or Charlotte and her digital work, her drawing, or Imogen with her writing and her music. Jim Rose likes a lot of things. She does enjoy playing the piano. She does enjoy writing. She's been following Charlotte's example and doing a lot of di digital drawing. She's not really interested in photography, though she will be Sophie's model, so she gets involved with the photography from in front of the camera. She's quite happy to pose for photos so that Sophie can practice her photography. But she has no desire to get behind the camera and learn how it all goes on. So although she has a lot of interests, she hasn't really found her one big thing, though any of those things could develop into her one big thing. But she's open to new ideas as well. So this is a, a good time for me to keep on tempting her with different experiences, to be laying them before her, to be sharing them with her. And with our week that we've just had, which has been in and out, busy, 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 we haven't had an opportunity to do any of those sort of things with her. Though she's gone with the flow and she's enjoyed what we have done anyway. I'm just hoping the next week will be a quieter week and we can sit down maybe and watch some of those videos together and spend some more time reading me to her and Gemma Rose to me. Another day this week, I was walking back from the village with Charlotte and I was asking her how her university work was going. She just put in another assignment. She had to make a PowerPoint presentation. She's been working with a group of other students. There's five in the group and they're of diverse backgrounds and ages. And I asked Charlotte how she felt being 17 with this group of people. Did she feel that she was prepared for the university experience? How was she getting on working in a group? And more specifically, did she think that the education that she had given herself had prepared her for university work? Because, of course, I didn't really prepare her. It's been interesting looking back over her unschooling years. At one point, she was like Gemma Rose, spending a lot of time with me, and then gradually she went off and did more and more on her own until she got to the stage where I hardly saw her. She'd just come to me when she needed some extra resources or she hit a problem. But yes, she was in total control of her days, of her education, of what she wanted to do. And I really had not much involvement in the last couple of years before she started her university work. And some people might think that this was a bit of a risk. I didn't feel I had much choice because this is the way Charlotte works. And a few times when I expressed a desire to get more involved with her life, did she need more help from me? Could I work with her? I was very politely rebuffed. No, she said she was quite happy doing what she wanted to do. And she worked better that way. Yes, it was a little bit of conflict when I 
try to get too close when I tried to get her to do things my way maybe, to have more involvement. That's not how she wanted to work. But was my confidence in Charlotte, did that pay off? Was she prepared for university work? And I think she was. I also wrote a blog post about that experience maybe a couple of years ago as well. I've hunted out a couple of blog posts today, so I hope you don't mind that I'm sharing a few of those extracts with you. Now in this short extract, I'm talking about my teenage daughters, uh, Charlotte and Imogen. Imogen was a teenager at the time. I think of the fun we used to have learning together. Times have changed. Charlotte and Imogen have charged off on their own learning adventures without me. Yes, they still like to join me and the younger girls when we are doing something that sounds particularly exciting, like watching a Shakespeare play, or driving to the lake, or going for a run. But really, they are independent. They have their own ideas and don't need me anymore. A bit further down the page, I say, You don't need your mother to homeschool you any longer, I tell Charlotte with a sigh. She puts her arms around me and hugs me close. I do need you, Mum. Actually, I need some suggestions. I've read all those books you found for me. I want to know more about... Yes, Charlotte does need me. She needs me to search for all those wonderful books and other resources which keep her inquiring mind satisfied. I open the computer and start looking. Bring me your Kindle, I shout, sometime later. I found some great books and a wonderful website about history and Shakespeare. I'll email you the link. Charlotte appears with a grin. She can't wait to look at what I've found. Am I a good homeschooling teacher? No, I don't really teach. I just find interesting things to engage my girls' interest and step out of the way. They do the rest, but is that enough? I guess we all have doubts at some time. Are our children learning all they need to know? Will they really be prepared when it's time to move on from homeschooling to study at a tertiary level? Just to be sure, shouldn't I structure my children's curriculum in the last year or so? Shouldn't I insist Charlotte and Imogen need me to direct them? No, sadly, I am aware they don't need such help from me. Sadly? No, I'm not really sad. That's just the mother in me talking. Instead, I am very excited. Children really do learn what they need to know. They can be trusted. And after talking to Charlotte the other day, as we were walking home, yes, she seems to be getting on fine. So, yeah, we can trust our children to learn what they need to know when they need to know it. As I said, Gemma Rose still wants to spend a lot of time with me, but Sophie, I can feel she's slipping away. She's getting to that stage where she's going to follow in Charlotte and Imogen's footsteps Every day, she's got so much that she wants to do. If I'm not around, she's got a head in her computer or whatever else she's doing. She has her passions, and she knows what she wants to do. And I'm sure I'm going to be trying to tempt her back as well, the same as I did with the older girls, because I really do miss her company when when she's um, not around. My children are all growing up far too quickly, and even though I am excited about where they're going and what they've achieved. A little bit of me still would like to keep them close to me. But we've been watching some more Shakespeare this week and all four girls appeared to watch King Lear 
and Romeo and Juliet, and we had some good discussions. We've still been running this week together. We've just went out today for an outing into town together. So my girls still want to spend time with me, and I think that's all right. That that is good. When children start to go off on their own and learn by themselves independently and don't really need me anymore. There was just one little problem with that, and that's keeping up my homeschool records books because I really don't have much idea of what they're doing. I I can ask them over the dinner table, what did you do today? But I have to keep making notes about it. And the way I got around this with Charlotte was I let her keep her own records book. She just entered in whatever she did. Every now and then she would come to me and we would discuss what she was doing just so that everything was in order for our two yearly homeschool registration visit so that when our authorized person came to see Charlotte, she could look at her records and I, I would be confident that it was all there, that it was easy to see and it was she had set everything out properly. But I'm doing something different with Sophie. I'm still keeping the homeschool records, my Evernote homeschool records book. But what I'm doing is I'm asking her to add her own notes I've shared each of our weekly notebooks with her and also with Gemma Rose, but Gemma Rose doesn't really, she's not really interested in adding anything to the notebooks. And when Sophie does something, whether she watches something or reads anything or she she makes a little note about something, she can add that note herself to my weekly Evernote notebooks. And that is a tremendous help. I don't have to keep at her, what have you done today? Because sometimes that can sound like interrogation a pressure. She just naturally adds her own notes and I'm happy because I know that when the AP comes to visit, I'll have something to show her. Now we've just come back from a big morning out in town. The girls and I went into town to have a special morning tea together. We were celebrating the results of Imogen's recent singing exam. So every time someone takes an exam, once the results come back, we always head off to town and have coffee, milkshake, cake together. And I usually buy the girls uh, flowers and chocolates to celebrate. It's always wonderful sharing in the excitement of a child's achievements. I think all children have talents. They will have very different talents. And the talents that Imogen has are to do with her writing and her music. I think it could be so easy for her to get overwhelmed by all the attention that she does get through her music, through her performances, both at church and with the various choirs that she sings with. She's a cantor and a soloist. And it can be a temptation, I think, for musicians to think that they are something rather special and to look down upon people who are not quite as good. It can also be a big temptation for a mother to be very proud of a child as well. And when really the talent has nothing to do with the mother, it's a talent that has been given to the child and the child has put a lot of work into developing that talent. The only thing I have to do with Imogen's talents is to encourage her and to, well, I used to pay for her music lessons and I used to take her to them and wait after while she had them. These days she pays for herself and takes herself. So her talents have really got nothing to do with me. I think my role in the whole thing is keeping her 
grounded. There are other people who are far more talented than she is, and she has got a lot more to learn. And it's good sometimes for us both to realize this. Also, it is good to realize that with talent comes responsibility. And one of those responsibilities is to encourage those who are not quite as talented and to encourage them along and to share her talents with them. And Imogen has been very, very lucky. She has some excellent teachers. She has learned from the best in our area. And not only has she learned from them, they have taught her for reduced prices or even for free. They just are dedicated musicians who want to pass on their talents to other people, to those children or those young adults who are willing to work and who share a love of music. So Imogen has learned a lot from her teachers, and I think that she has uh, an obligation in her turn to share what she has learned with those who are younger than she is. And one of the ways that Imogen is passing on the talents that she has learned from those more experienced people is to share her talents with her siblings. She gives both Sophie and Gemma Rose music lessons. Every week she gives them piano lessons and singing lessons because they're her areas of expertise. And so where my older children all had outside teachers to teach them music, Gemma Rose has never had an outside teacher. She's only been ever taught by Imogen. And on another one of our walks up to the village this week, Gemma Rose and I were talking about music. By the way, walking it, the dog or walking up to the village is a wonderful time for chatting with my children. And we do talk about a lot of things. It's the same as driving anywhere with my older ones. That's also a good time to have a chat and to, yeah, touch base to find out how they're going. But anyway, back to Gemma Rose and Imogen. And we were talking about exam results and Gemma Rose hasn't done an exam yet. And we were talking about the grade level she would do if she did one. And I said, well, one day she'll have a proper teacher like the others. When Imogen leaves home and she's no longer around, we'll find uh, an outside teacher to continue Gemma Rose's musical education. And Gemma Rose protested and she said, I do have a proper teacher. She says, Imogen is a proper teacher. She says, she's a great teacher. I'm learning a lot from her. And I do believe this. Imogen is passing on a lot of things to her younger siblings. Now, Imogen has been teaching the girls for, I don't know, a couple of years maybe. But it wasn't all smooth sailing. At the beginning, the younger girls used to get very upset with Imogen, and Imogen would get very upset with the younger girls. And we could have been tempted to think that siblings should never teach siblings, that there are younger siblings will only behave and perform properly for outside teachers. But this isn't true. I think that all the girls have learned a great deal from working together. Imogen has learned what it takes to be a good teacher, to encourage her younger siblings, to have patience with them, to make the, her lessons very interesting for them. And the younger girls have learned to respect Imogen as a teacher, to listen very carefully, to do as she asks them. If they don't listen, and if they don't work hard, if they don't practice, then they will not progress. They have learned that. How much do they really want to learn to play the piano and to sing well? How much do they really want to gain the talents that their older sibling has? And they have made their own decisions about that and have adapted themselves. And they all get on really well these days. And it's great to like listening to them have their lessons. I've been asked the question before, if a child has a musical talent, 
Should parents push that child to have piano lessons, for example, is an obligation of a parent to push a child who has a definite talent to use that talent. And I'm of the opinion that even if children have definite talents, it still should be left up to them whether they want lessons, whether they're going to practice. Sometimes the timing isn't right. I think that when we push children to do what they don't want to do, it's just a waste of time. People get frustrated. Money gets wasted on lessons. Children and parents end up battling over it. And that parents shouldn't feel responsible. They shouldn't feel they have to push that child. Yes, baby children do learn easier when they're younger, but it's never too late to pick up an instrument or to learn how to sing. And a day might come when they decide for themselves that they want to learn and then they will progress really quickly. Money spent will be money well spent, and there won't be all that frustration. And I'm thinking of a situation with my eldest child, Felicity, who used to have clarinet lessons, and she started off at an early age, and there came a point where she wouldn't practice, and it was always me saying, have you done your practice today? And she would groan and moan and find her clarinet, put it together, go off to the study, and make some half-hearted attempt to practice. One day I decided that I would put her clarinet away. I put it in the cupboard. I didn't hide it. I just put it away. And she didn't notice for a few days. And then when it came time for her lesson, she said, Mom, I've lost my clarinet. Where's my clarinet? And I said, Well, you haven't practiced all week, so you didn't come to me any earlier. I assume you haven't practiced. It's in the cupboard. I said, do you really want lessons? And she admitted that no, she didn't want to practice, so she didn't really want the lessons. A couple of years went by, and one day she came to me and she said, Mom, I really feel like learning to play the clarinet again. Would it be possible for me to have lessons? I'll practice. So she did, and this time she went and did all her grades, and she did very well because she was committed to it, and it wasn't too late. She just picked up where she'd left off, and this time she progressed really quickly. That's all I wanted to talk to you about today. I'd just like to thank you for listening to this podcast and to invite you to go over to my blog at Stories of an Unschooling Family. I'll post some program notes, including some links to all those, I hope, interesting uh, videos that I found, the maths ones and the science ones. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do that through iTunes or you could follow it through Podbean. So once again, I'd like to thank you for listening to this week's episode, and I hope to be back next week with another one. Until then, trust, respect, and love unconditionally. Mm-hmm.